Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Live from Liverpool, the dark paranormal, season eight. Hi everyone and welcome back to what is unbelievably already the end of season eight. This season for me seems to have gone past in the blink of an eye and that can only be down to the amazing stories you, the listener, have sent in. Now, as we wrap up Season 8 and look towards Season 9, I'd just like to sincerely thank each and every one of you for choosing to spend your time each week with me here on The Dark Paranormal. I genuinely believe that the community that we've built here is sincerely something special, and that's all down to you guys. So a huge and sincere thank you. Now, looking forward to Season 9, we already have some amazing True Listener paranormal experiences to share with you, and I genuinely believe it could be our best season yet. However, if you're sat on a story that you think fits the dark paranormal mould, then send it in. We will always accept any submissions that you have to offer. As always, our email address is thedarkparanormal at hotmail.com. And that's also the address for any correspondence you wish to send. As we mentioned last week, we are doing a lot more work on our social media activity and a lot of the promotional activity going towards the Halloween special coming up will go on our social medias. You can find our Facebook group by searching The Dark Paranormal Society and you can find us on Instagram by searching for The Dark Paranormal. Now... Last week, we left Mandy and Parker doing everything they can to hold up their wall of rational belief, despite a seemingly growing onslaught of malevolent activity. Towards the end of the episode, they thankfully moved into a new apartment within the same building in the hopes things would change. But we're about to find out that maybe the thing they're dealing with is much bigger than one apartment. Maybe even bigger than one building. But before we wrap up Season 8, I of course need to say a huge thank you to our team members over at Patreon. When you sign up to Patreon, not only will you receive these episodes ad-free and before everyone else, you can also gain exclusive access to our Patreon-only podcast, Dark Bites. Dark Bites is a show which releases each and every Sunday, even on the downtime between seasons, meaning that during our impending season break, you never have to miss your paranormal fix. And there are over 25 hours worth of Dark Bites episodes for you to binge at your leisure. We've built a wonderful community of like-minded paranormal enthusiasts over at Patreon, and we'd like to extend an exclusive invitation just for you. 
simply head over to patreon.com forward slash the dark paranormal just like these wonderful new team members have Gabriella Navajas, Bry, Paul Hayes, Danita Kelly, Tina Castri, John Harmon, Bill Rowe, Charlie Stevenson, Brittany Holborg, Sean O'Shea, JJ907, Judy Williams, Brian Case, J Wells HBH, Violet, Dylan Kane, Rebecca Bear, Chandler Coford, Ella Eads, Winnie Harrington, Zoe Irish, Deborah Pancake, Channing, Tracy Bailey, Stacey Powers, Raymond Pullman, Vera V, William O'Connell, Ruby Cumming, Ema, Jenny Podmore, Skelly Quill, Courtney Clark, Emma Ricks, Amanda Grandier, Kelly Barota, Lizette Garza, Bizarro Girl, Miguel Brookman, Katie, Julie Richard, Richardson, Peyton Perez, Anna Christopic, Natalie Baldwin, Rebecca Shaw, Tyler Mull, Sadie Lundy, Keith Octavia, Nicole Del Grosso, Angela Boniface, Addie Brown, Mary Quigley and Cecily Wilder. Thank you so much for joining the team guys, it truly means the world. I hope you enjoy all the early ad-free releases and of course, those Dark Bites episodes in between seasons. Now of course, our Patreons will also receive the early release ad-free versions of the Halloween specials along with some photographic evidence for them to peruse. And just to set expectations, anyone signing up to be a team member between now and the Halloween specials will have their thank you read out at the end of the final Halloween special, on Saturday the 29th of October. Now remember, Season 9 will debut on Friday the 11th of November. Mark that date in your diaries. And if you still need your weekly paranormal fix head over to patreon.com forward slash the dark paranormal. But right now, it's time to head back to one of the most oppressive buildings I've ever heard described. Please, lower the lights, make yourself comfortable, and most importantly, leave your disbelief at the door as we take a tentative step from dark to diabolical. Last week, we left Mandy and Parker just after they'd moved into their new apartment. Serendipitously, an apartment that became available in their building just as they were looking for a bigger space. And an apartment which, for one reason or another, could never seem to be able to hold on to a tenant for any length of time. The young couple was slowly finding out exactly why that would be. So let's get back to Mandy's version of events. It got to the point where we would sleep with the TV on, and we would leave the TV on for our dog when we weren't around, because without sound, it felt like the apartment was holding its breath, waiting for something to happen. In hindsight... That's because that's exactly what it was doing. Water droplets began appearing from nowhere. I never could find where they originated from. It happened several times a day. I would inexplicably have little drops of water land on my arms, sometimes my face, if I was laying down. We thought there may be a leak, but it would happen throughout the whole house, with no rhyme or reason, even on bright sunny days. I theorised maybe it was the dog drooling on me, but most of the time that definitely couldn't have been the case. So, where was the water coming from? It's something I still can't reconcile. 
things started to get much worse for me when I was alone in the apartment. One morning, I woke up to use the restroom and, through squinted eyes, I saw Parker sitting on his side of the bed. He must be getting ready for work. Probably what woke me up. I greeted him. Good morning. I'm headed into the bathroom real quick before you jump in the shower. Love you. He also must have been half asleep since he wasn't responding. I got back to the bedroom two minutes later and he wasn't there. Parker? I called. No response. I tried again. Parker? Are you in the spare room getting clothes out? I was once again met with silence. I put my glasses on and looked at the time on my cell phone. Parker had already gone to work. He even sent a text saying he'd arrived at work over three hours ago. Then who was sitting on my bed? I was absolutely sure it was a man sitting up on his side of the bed with his legs hanging over the side. What the hell? This time I was finally shaken. This was honestly probably the first time I was shaken by anything in the apartment seeming off. I told Parker on the phone and he too was freaked out by my account of the events that just happened. After we talked for a while, we agreed there was nothing that we could do, but chalk it up to me being half asleep and dreaming the whole thing. I don't think either of us believed this explanation, but what else could we do but accept it? Our rational minds were beginning to fall, brick by brick, but we just couldn't let that happen. We had to hold firm that there was no way anything paranormal could be happening. In 2014, a few years after we moved into this apartment, my dad called me in the middle of the night to tell me his house was on fire. He'd finally retired from truck driving and was fixing up a house to live in. It was a beautiful three-bedroom house and he'd spent years fixing the place up. You would never have believed it was basically condemned when he bought it. He'd poured years of work into making it a house worth a couple of hundred thousand dollars. And he was understandably crushed to have lost it in a fire. Parker and I, of course, brought my dad home to our apartment. I loved my dad with all my heart. But after only a few nights, we began snapping at each other and we knew this could not be a permanent solution. Knowing our landlord rented several buildings and apartments around the city, I called him to see if he had any places available at the time. I explained the situation, and as luck would have it, looking back, bad luck, there was an apartment available in our building. It was the apartment above the apartment we previously rented, It would be catty-corner to our middle apartment, with just its kitchen partially overlapping our current bedroom. We moved my dad in that very night, and from here, our disbelief in the paranormal, if not our very lives, 
began to deteriorate day on day. A wall of rationality now more resembling a wobbling stack of Jenga bricks. The landlord was so gracious and didn't ask for a deposit from my dad, even though I offered to pay it on his behalf. The landlord's wife even went so far as to decorate the apartment for Christmas for my dad, with a little tree filled with ornaments. They provided him with an old couch, a single bed and a kitchen table too. My dad was not in a good state as you can imagine. He was very depressed, obviously over having lost the house he thought he would spend the remainder of his life in and he had a lot of physical health problems too. The doctors began medicating him with opioids to fight his pain, which, of course, led to him becoming addicted to the pain meds. Unfortunately, this is extremely common in the area we live. So, when my dad started complaining about weird things happening in the apartment, I wrote it off as the pills. My dad started complaining that there must be a rodent in the walls because he would hear scratching all night long and in the night things would be knocked off the kitchen table. We put rat poison out and traps but we never caught anything. As time went on my dad's complaints got worse. He was now claiming that he was waking up with bloody scratch marks on his arms He couldn't explain where they were coming from. He always kept his nails short. He also couldn't keep a laptop to save his life. Every time he brought a new laptop, it would very quickly die without explanation. He kept taking the laptops to professionals to fix, but they could never find anything wrong. The final straw with the laptops was when he came home one day to find what he explained as the keys all popped out of his keyboard and laying on his kitchen table as if they'd been placed there by someone. He asked me if I'd done it and of course I hadn't. However, I was the only one with the key to the apartment. He theorised that it must have been the rodent that was plaguing him but he never brought another laptop home after that. Later, I realised a pattern. My dad always kept his laptops on the kitchen table. All the other electronics were kept in his living room or bedroom, and they all had their own individual problems, but nothing like the laptops. My dad even claimed he could hear voices once in a while up in his apartment, like people having whispered conversations. We put this down to my dad probably hearing the downstairs TV, But my dad was hard of hearing, and I'm not sure how he could have heard that TV when I never heard it myself. He also experienced the extreme quiet of the building, and struggled to fill it with noise from his TV as well. Dad started staying for hours out in his car before venturing up to his apartment. He would arrive home and just sit in his car. He said he didn't want to go into the apartment because it felt like all his happiness was sucked out by the place. He had no motivation for the things he loved anymore, and when he was inside the apartment, he couldn't bring himself to do basic things. 
it would take him a week just to convince himself to take a shower. When he would eventually be forced to leave the apartment, he said he would feel so much better after spending time away, but then when he had to return, he would sit in his car and stare at the building for hours before finally talking himself to go inside. I was experiencing the same things myself. The depression was awful. I no longer felt joy in the things I loved, and the more time I spent in the house, the worse I felt. It was like a physical weight was on your shoulders. Some days when I was left alone and Parker had to go to work, I couldn't bring myself to do even basic stuff, just like my dad. I would get sick from not eating, because I couldn't even bring myself to get off the couch and walk to the fridge to make a sandwich. I swear even our dog and cat seemed as if they'd no energy at all and were also depressed. When our cat wasn't acting like he was being chased through the house, he would only ever lay on one cushion on the back of the couch. He wouldn't even play anymore, not even with the laser light, which he loved. Our dog would just lay next to me and act like she was exhausted. Parker tried to make sure we all got out of the house daily, especially after noticing the difference everyone felt being away from the apartment. We got fast food every day because we couldn't bring ourselves to make food at home and it was a reason to leave the house. We took our dog to the trails wherever we could and we would start feeling amazingly better afterwards. We would be struck with so much inspiration. I wanted to do art again. But then we would go home to do the things we were excited to do and just sit down on the couch and become so tired and depressed that we simply wouldn't do a thing. The cycle kept continuing like this. I cannot explain how depressed we felt. At this point, we hadn't even had friends over in years, and it became harder and harder to leave the house. One night I was sitting in the living room watching TV. I was so exhausted that all I wanted to do was go to bed but even the bed seemed too far away. I know that sounds crazy, but that's how I felt. All of a sudden, I felt something that turned my blood cold. It felt like someone was pulling on my right pinky toe. I looked down and sure enough, you could see my toe being pulled away from my foot in an unnatural manner. I just froze and stared at it. Later, I tried to rationalise that it must have been a muscle spasm, but it certainly didn't feel like one. It didn't hurt in the way muscle spasms do. It felt more like fingers touching my toe and the pulling sensation from those fingers tugging at me. I eventually did get up as soon as the sensation stopped and went to lay on my husband's chest to feel comforted. A few months passed and Parker noticed a small itchy mark had appeared on his left calf. It hadn't been there the day before. The next morning I went to wake him up for work and he was having a hard time coming out of it. I kept shaking him and he was almost not responsive. I finally got him up to mumble to me that he was just too tired to move 
and to please let him sleep. Now this was not like him at all. He was a manager at the store and would be in all sorts of trouble if he was late or didn't show up. I pulled the blanket back from him and I smelled rotting. I looked down at his leg and where the small itchy red mark had been, there was now a giant black area of rotting flesh on his leg. I panicked and told him he had to get up right now and go to the hospital. I practically carried him out of the apartment and to the car. Let's have a quick break to talk to you about Policy Genius. Now, we all like to put off life insurance talk because it reminds us of our mortality. But life insurance isn't about death, it's about life. It's about ensuring the lives of those you love remain secure and comfortable. And I'm sure many of you will think, well, I'm covered through work or I'm covered through my bank account. But believe me, you want to check those finer details because you may be surprised what you're actually covered for. And this is exactly where Policy Genius come into their own. Yes, we could talk about how Policy Genius is America's leading online insurance marketplace or how their award-winning agents will walk you step by step through the entire process. But the best thing about Policy Genius for me is they don't have a dog in the fight. They're not going to strong arm you towards one company or another. They've no incentive to do so. Their only incentive is to listen to your needs, scour America's top companies, and find you the best price. For example, with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that begin at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options even offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. There's a reason why Policy Genius has thousands of five star reviews on Google and Trustpilot, and you'll find out what it is when you tick life insurance off your to do list with Policy Genius. So head over to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. I got him to the hospital and they were honestly not sure what was causing the tissue of the leg to rot like that. Eventually they proclaimed that it had to have been a brown recluse spider bite. I'm not saying that this part was paranormal, but I will say that after doing research on those spider bites, it takes them a week or longer to start to rot, not a single night. Now I understand why the doctors were puzzled. He spent a week in the hospital and had to have surgery whilst they removed a giant section of his leg to cut out the rotting flesh area and to stop the spread. A few months later, Parker was sleeping in the bedroom and I was in the living room again. I was trying desperately to make myself draw something, anything. No luck. Our dog was with me, as usual. I heard Parker walk to the closed door that separated the bedroom from the living room. We kept it closed when he was sleeping for work because I'm a bit of a night owl and I like to have the lights on. I waited for him to open the door, but he didn't. I also didn't hear him head back to bed. I waited a little while and thought it was my imagination, or maybe he had gone back to bed and I just didn't hear him. A few minutes later... I heard the heavy footsteps again walk up to the door. The door still did not open. At this point, my dog walked over to the door and was growling softly with her fur standing up. I waited on the edge of the couch for it to happen again. Again, we heard the footsteps, 
the whole way up to the door, and once the sound reached the door, I pulled the door open quickly. No one was there. Parco was asleep across the room in bed. There is absolutely no way he could have made it back to the bed that quickly, especially without me hearing him retreat. It couldn't have been my dad above us either, because that section of the bedroom was not below his apartment. This spooked my dog as well as me. I had no explanation whatsoever. In fact, every explanation I could think of was ruled out immediately, and I became more and more frightened. I told Parker the next day, and I asked him to believe me, and to please try sleeping on the couch that night with me, instead of in the bedroom. He said he believed me as per our agreement so long ago, and did as I requested. That night, the footsteps reoccurred again. They happened over and over every night for over a month, like a record stuck on repeat, always coming to the door but never any sound of them retreating from the door. Parker never was awake for them, but they kept me up all night every night. I only got to sleep in the morning light. I thought maybe I was going crazy, but my dog very clearly could hear the footsteps too, as she would get up each night and growl at the door. Sadly, my dog was discovered to have had a tumour, and was in terrible pain. We were forced to put her to sleep, and it destroyed us. It was the first companion either of us had lost. We'd had family pets that we'd lost, but those were more our parents. This dog was totally ours, and we thought of her as our baby. We did so much for her. She was a very spoiled dog, but we wouldn't have had it any other way. The day after we lost her, I realised I didn't hear the footsteps coming from the other room that night. In fact, as the nights went by, I never heard those footsteps again. Despite not hearing the footsteps again, it was more comfortable for us to sleep on our sectional couch instead of the bed in the other room. We somehow felt safer, and slowly we began to avoid the bedroom at all costs. It was just a gut feeling. The depression I explained earlier got so much worse than I ever could have imagined and I truly can't put it into words. I also became terrified of Parker leaving the house on his own. Every time he did, I would have nightmares that he died in some horrific way. They would play on repeat, and I started to do everything to not sleep. When I would finally let myself sleep, it would only be after he would call to tell me he made it to work safely, and after the sun had fully risen, because somehow, things always felt worse there at night. We were no longer leaving the apartment for activities after losing the dog. There was no reason to go to the trails anymore. No reason to wake up and take a walk around the neighbourhood either. We had no dog that needed walks. It was one of our darkest periods. Finally, when outside the house one day, 
we decided to get a puppy. It was definitely too soon, as all of our family and friends told us, but they didn't understand that we were on the verge, well, of suicide. Because we both constantly expressed feelings that neither of us wanted to live or do anything at all. We wanted a reason to get up again in the morning. I know, it's not fair to give that new puppy such responsibility, but we were desperate. We got our new puppy, and it was incredibly hard, but she did give us a reason to get up in the morning, and a reason to leave the house. We began to take her to dog parks, and give her car rides. It lessened the pain slowly, but the house always felt so much heavier each time we came back. After having had our puppy for a couple of weeks, I went to the restroom and she followed me in. I sat down on the toilet to do my business and reached over to pet her absentmindedly. The way the toilet was situated, it was between the shower and the wall. You had to reach around a small wall partition to pet her from where she was sitting. I finished up, washed my hands and walked out of the bathroom to see the puppy on Parker's lap. Wow, she moves fast. What do you mean? Parker replied. Oh, it's just that I was petting her in the bathroom just now and she must have ran past me and jumped on you as soon as I opened the door. I didn't even see her go past. He looked at me with terror in his eyes and replied, She's been on my lap the whole time you were in the bathroom. Surely that couldn't be. Then I thought back and realised that I never saw her enter the bathroom. I never looked directly at her. I just saw something black on all fours out of the corner of my eye follow me. I never even looked directly at her when I reached over and petted her. So what exactly had I been touching? If you aren't aware by now, our scepticism was fading fast. We could no longer wear philosophy as a coat of armour against anything unexplained. And unfortunately, it continued to get worse from there. Doors in the house started opening by themselves, including the main door into the apartment. It didn't matter if we locked them, they would still open right in front of our eyes. It just kept happening. Now, our cat was obsessed with every chance he could get to get into the spare room, because he knew he wasn't allowed in there because that's where I kept all my art supplies, and I didn't want him destroying them. However, when that door, the door of the spare room, would open by itself, he absolutely refused to enter the room. He would sit outside the door and stare. Now, if we opened it, he was his normal bandit self, and there goes all my feathers. But only if we were the ones who opened it. The main door opening on its own was my concern. What if someone got in? Our city is known as one of the worst in the country. We have major problems with drugs and break-ins, 
Parker figured there must be something wrong with the lock, and so he changed out the doorknob and lock. We fell asleep on the couch from pure exhaustion that day. Later, we woke up and it seemed changing the locks had worked. That is, until I saw our front apartment neighbour. She said she'd found our new puppy and our cat sitting outside the apartment with our door hanging wide open. She gathered them up and put them back in. She was unable to wake us from the door by shouting and not wanting to walk inside, she just left our puppy and cat inside and locked the door behind her. Oh my God, we could have lost them. Our animals could have been hit by a car or any number of things. We were lucky they were recognised by the neighbour and she got them back home. It appears changing the lock and the door handle was not enough. It was also very odd that I never woke up, since I've always been easily woken. It was as if something removed the sound. Not long after this problem started, tragedy struck again. I called my dad and he wasn't answering or calling back. Feeling that there was something wrong, I called Parker from work and he said he would check on dad when he got home. When he did, he found my dad had passed away in the apartment. As you can imagine, this was a new low for me. My dad and I were very close and I was still grieving our last dog too and just like that, they were both gone. To add to the awful things happening, After his passing, the doors stopped opening themselves. Just like how the footsteps stopped when our dog passed. It was undeniable. There was something very wrong in our apartment. A few months after his passing, I put up a very small tree for Christmas. Now it was technically a Halloween tree that was black with purple battery-operated string lights but my dad and I both loved black. The first night it was set up, the purple lights turned themselves on at exactly 2.40am. It was strange, but I just got up and turned them off. The next day, I went to turn them on for some cheer, and the batteries were dead. Okay, that's not surprising, I thought. It's been in storage for more than a year. But that night... Despite the batteries being dead, the lights turned on at exactly 2.40am. And after a minute, they turned back off. I checked and even if there was juice left in the batteries, the lights were switched to the off position. This started happening every night. At first, I was comforted by the lights. I was now a believer again, and my dad was trying to say he was okay. It got to the point where I would stay up to watch them light up every night at the exact same time. Even if I did doze off, I would instinctively wake every time, just in time to see the lights turn on. Parker, however, was not so convinced this was a good thing. He said he was getting a bad feeling from it, 
he removed the batteries altogether. But again, the light turned on at 2.40am. I started to feel what Parker was feeling, like a feeling of impending doom every time the light did this, and I started to realise that I didn't think it was my dad, rather something wanting my attention, and maybe doing something that I would mistakenly think was my dad. It was just a gut feeling. We put that tree away the next day. I started having even worse nightmares, until one night, I had one of the dreams I hadn't had in years. The kind that are just different. My whole life I'd had dreams where dead loved ones would come and tell me things. Things I shouldn't know, and they were always right. My sceptical brain rationalised this as I was just picking up on patterns. But my scepticism was now long gone. I'd pushed away these dreams for so long, but here one was. I can't remember who I was talking to in the dream, but it was someone I trusted completely. They told me we had to leave that house, and to try and cleanse it whilst we set things in motion to leave. They said we were being cursed by all the negativity. I instantly understood what they meant, and I believed it. From the time we moved into this apartment, we had nothing but terrible luck. I mean the likes of which all our friends and family had never seen before either. People would joke that if we didn't have bad luck, we would have no luck at all. Things were always going bad. We could never make ends meet. Despite Parker having a great job, there was always something that would prevent us from saving up to move out. For example, we went through 15 cars in the time we lived there, and none of them were our fault. It was always put down to poor luck. I finally confided in a friend about all this, and her new husband happened to be into ghost hunting and the occult. I didn't know this when I started telling her, but it was the first good look we'd come across in years. We told them both all the things we were experiencing, and they were in shock that we had to put up with this for so long. They couldn't believe that we explained it all away or just shrugged it off. There was even more stuff that happened that I hadn't included in this. Her husband explained to us how to use Paolo Santo to do a cleansing on our house. It took us a few nights to get the energy up to do the cleansing, but we were discussing travelling and we were afraid something was going to happen to get us stuck in the apartment again, which I fully believe it would have. So we finally got the energy to do the smudging. We opened up all the windows and when we began, it was like we were both hit with some sort of electromagnetic energy. All the hair on our arms stood up and we got chills up and down our backs. When we were almost done with the bedroom, for some reason, we both looked up and saw a shadow in the shape of a man reflected in my late grandfather's mirror. We both said, Do you see that? In disbelief and fear, we made our way over to the mirror 
and cleansed more around the mirror and area where the figure would have been standing. We then moved to the next room without incident, but in the living room, I turned my back to the room, and I had a moment of sheer terror. I felt like I was going to be attacked at any moment in the back, but the only person behind me was my husband, and I knew it wasn't coming from him. We pushed on. The last room was the bathroom. As we were getting ready to finish it, Parker almost dropped the lighter and the wood. He said he thought he saw spiders on his arm, which he is now deathly afraid of and understandably so. But after he swatted a few times, he realized there was nothing there. It was just a hallucination. As soon as we finished the cleansing, a wind flowed through the apartment from the windows. We realized that there had been no air movement despite all the windows being open during the whole cleansing. We quickly became surprised by the changes in the house. We first noticed everything seemed brighter. I know this is cliche after listening to your podcast, but it's true. When the door was open to the bedroom, it would be so dark in there that you couldn't make out anything. It was like a wall of darkness and I often felt like I was being watched from within that darkness. Now you could see in there plainly and make out everything in the room without the light on. I'd never noticed that was weird before because that's the way the room had always been ever since we moved in. The next thing we noticed was the smell of sulfur and rotting flesh in the bathroom was gone for the first time. And last... We didn't seem like we felt depressed with a physical weight on our chests. Our plans to move out of the apartment and start travelling were finally working out and we were so excited. Nothing, and I mean nothing, had ever worked out for us before. Our new puppy had anxiety issues and we even got a second puppy to calm her down and we were so happy. But, after a while things started to slowly creep back in. Things were starting to move again and the depression was hitting. We knew this feeling by now and didn't hesitate to smudge again. We'd worried this may happen because we realised we did not have access to cleanse the whole building, only our apartment. So we did another cleansing and we experienced the same static electric walk-over-your-grave feeling again, but not as intense as the first time. We decided we would cleanse over and over until we could move out. After the second cleansing, I was sitting on the couch whilst Parker was in the bathroom. All of a sudden... I hear a tiny squeaking noise coming from above my head. I look up to discover the light bulb in our ceiling fan is slowly turning, as if someone was unscrewing it. The cat jumped up and started hissing at the ceiling. Our older puppy started growling and our new puppy ran and hid. I just sat there in total disbelief, stupidly watching the light bulb unscrew just above where I was sitting with tears streaming down my face. 
Parker came rushing out of the bathroom and asked what was happening. As he did, the light bulb ceased its movement. I explained to him through sobs what I witnessed. He immediately got out a step stool to inspect the light, and it was mostly unscrewed. No way to explain it. It's not like faulty wiring can just unscrew a light bulb. Thankfully, that was the last incident to happen to us in that house. We finally cut our losses and moved out of the apartment and into a motorhome that we went on to use to travel the country. The depression lifted, and good things started to happen to us. I do have a few more things to add since beginning to write this a few days ago that may or may not have something to do with all of this. First, while we did find a few things that went missing in the apartment, we never found most of the items that disappeared. We became so accustomed to this that if something went missing, we just understood we would probably never see that item again. I thought maybe whilst we packed to move out we would find some of these things, but we never did. Secondly, we live in a city that has been the centre of a disaster that ended in thousands of people losing their lives in 1889, with most of the bodies never being identified. The disaster swept right through where that apartment building is and wiped out all of the people in the area with no warning. I was also able to talk to my mum about a few things. While she still won't discuss most things, she admits to the activity in the house that we moved into that my stepfather's grandfather built. However, she claims that the activity stopped when I moved out and that they are no longer bothered by anything. I'm not too sure what to make of that. I will leave you with one more thing. We ended up coming back to the city where the apartment was to start a business. We've been staying at my family home and decided we wanted to try and purchase it from my auntie. It's where my dad grew up and we avoid the area where the apartment is like the plague. Everything still seems quiet since we got out of that building. Until I came home today. And I smelled the same sulphur and rotting meat smell that our old bathroom used to have in the dining room of this house without any discernible cause. We've already bought a gas detector and I'm not sure what I fear more. A gas leak that could harm us or the activity starting again. Just wow. Thank you, Mandy, for such an amazing series of true paranormal experiences. And the disaster Mandy mentions was a flood in Johnstown on the Appalachian Plateau. The area was used to getting the odd flood, and on this particular day, on the 31st of May 1889, a small but manageable flood had started to appear from the early morning. The residents knew what they had to do and started to carry out their usual routines to save their houses, properties and belongings from the flood water, preparing as usual to hole up for a few days until the water subsided. 
However, around 3 p.m. of that same day, the local dam, as quoted by witnesses, just moved away. Witnesses who saw the torrent of water heading towards Johnstown described it as a 40-foot high and half a mile wide rolling hill of debris. In total, 1,600 homes were destroyed. 2,209 people died, including 396 children, and more than 750 victims were never identified and rest in the plot of the unknown in Grandview Cemetery. On this podcast, we have toyed in the past with the idea of stone tape theory, the idea that an emotional or tragic event, such as a single murder, may imprint itself on the surroundings and play out at a time it chooses to. However, it's almost incomprehensible to imagine the outpouring of emotion tragedy, panic and fear which would have seeped into the ground of Johnstown during and after that flood. It's hardly surprising that with the building that Mandy and Parker lived in being more or less at the epicentre of that disaster that energies more powerful, more emotional and more confused than is even comprehensible would make some attempt to make themselves be known. Mandy, thank you so, so much for taking the time to write out your true paranormal experience and bringing more than a fitting end to Season 8 of The Dark Paranormal. But before we leave you, we have some important dates for your diary. Of course, we have our Halloween specials coming up on Friday the 28th and Saturday the 29th of October. The Darkest Chapter are two episodes truly you won't want to miss. Then we will return for the start of Season 9 on Friday, November the 11th. Of course, our Patreons will still receive their paranormal fix with a Dark Bites episode each Sunday during the downtime between seasons and early access to both the Halloween specials and the debut episode of Season 9. We will play out once more with our small teaser for our Halloween special and keep an eye on the social media as more teasers will appear in the upcoming week. All that's left for me to say is I will speak to you again for our Halloween specials and of course for the launch of Season 9 on Friday the 11th of November. Until then, remember, when you're discussing the paranormal, Always try and leave a piece of your disbelief at the door. And I'll speak to you a Halloween, Friday the 28th and Saturday the 29th of October. You'll notice on the trailer the dates are different. We were originally going to put this out on Saturday the 29th and Sunday the 30th. However, we were a bit too eager and we want to get it to you sooner. As we're sure you'll have plenty of Halloween paranormal-based podcasts to work your way through. Therefore, ignore the dates in this trailer. But don't ignore anything else. For the Dark Paranormal, The Darkest Chapter. A rational skeptic 
is only a rational skeptic until something happens to them. Well, up until that point in my life, I thought I'd known what fear was. But that night, I wholly understood what it meant to be frozen in fear. And of all the professions, there is perhaps no one more rational or methodical than a police officer. The thing crouched down at the side of my bed. I, I took this to mean I can get you wherever you are. A diary was kept, along with a series of documented photographs. Well, this part's hard to say, but a young woman sidled through the throng of people and jumped out into the front of an oncoming train. Over the two nights of Saturday the 29th and Sunday the 30th of October, the dark paranormal will take you on a journey through one of the most terrifying, malevolent, true paranormal experiences it's ever covered. It wasn't a case of fearing for your life. It was the knowledge that it wanted you dead. The dark paranormal the darkest chapter coming over Halloween weekend the 29th and the 30th of October you won't want to miss it When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.